Okay, guys, welcome back, everyone. It's episode four, and we're here some, or we're here for some spooky tales. This is our paranormal episode. My name is Columbus. Um, a little bit about me, real quick, is that uh, I've been married for five years. I have five rescues, which would be three dogs and two cats. Uh, they're the run of the house for sure. Um, other than that, I'm a full-time student, and. I work, I guess, part-time at a accounting slash tax office. Fun, fun. Um, other than that, we're going to get right into this episode. I'm the host, and Kat is with me. And I'll be telling you about Eastern State Penitentiary, which is located in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So, uh, to start off, this was actually the first penitentiary in the whole world they're the ones that actually started the prison prison version of penitentiaries um and it was opened in 1829 the idea came from dr benjamin rush and then as famously known benjamin franklin uh these two started the penitentiaries because the all the local jails were completely overcrowded they were because back then they would put you in jail for pretty much anything if you stole an apple um wearing the wrong thing just anything would land you in jail pretty much so they were very overcrowded in the local jails so and there was a lot of violence back then. I mean, there's still a lot of violence, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of violence <laughs> in today's prisons. Uh, but I feel like it was even worse back then because it was almost like a free-for-all. Uh, no one was separated. There was women and men in there. Um, even, like, younger, I want to say, like, younger kids, but, like, teenagers. You know what I mean? Uh, and of course a lot of people got hung back then and other like town humiliation like where you'd be in the middle of town they would do something to you um so benjamin rush and ben franklin were actually very religious they just felt like the prisons or well the jails back then were just too violent and there's just more harm than good because it seemed like no one was really learning their lesson in there because, again, it was a big free-for-all. Uh, there was a lot of fights that broke out. There would even be cases of sexual assault, uh, murder. Uh, a lot of people even died from illnesses because, again, you're in such a tight space with overcrowding that everyone just got sick. Um of course, we didn't have the medical or vaccines or anything back then to help us or help them. <laughs> so, ben, or Dr. Benjamin Rush and Ben Franklin decided to create a new prison system that they would use where you would be completely in isolation. So, every prisoner would have their own cell completely and it'd be like being put in an actual isolation like they do when pris like prisoners act up now where they go in their little isolation boxes but okay. that was for everyone that came into the prison immediately uh it's pretty crazy 
they like when you would come in to get booked you would be immediately uh a like i guess pretty much like a burlap sack would be put over your head so when you would be walking down the halls for them to put you in your cell no one could see you and you couldn't see anyone else either so literally when you were sentenced in this prison the whole entire time that you were there you never seen anyone except for the um the warden that would be putting the sack over your head that'd be scary yeah and all the cells were they weren't like nowadays or even because i know that we are close kind to that one penitentiary that's in weston west virginia that one like they have a bunch of actual cells like where they're metal bars you know that was not the case in this penitentiary uh there were like wooden or steel doors and your cell was complete like concrete so it was again complete silence in there uh not much to do either you had a skylight and they did have a toilet so that was actually pretty nifty back then especially in 1829 to have working toilets <laughs> right but yes yeah, so every cell had a toilet a skylight or a window and then also a bed but so the women were the only ones that actually get like a semi-comfortable bed they their beds were made of hay but for the men, they pretty much just slept on metal. Uh, so definitely not comfortable. <laughs> no, and definitely not. Again, it was all complete silence in there. You even ate in your cell. Like, you didn't even go to a lunchroom or anything like that. You ate every single meal in your room as well by yourself. So they would let you out to exercise uh, once a day, but it'd only be like 15 minutes to an hour tops per day. And even again, they as soon as you get out or before you even exited your cell, that burlap sack would be put over your head. And they would take you to what's called the exercise room, which was literally just a, another concrete room that was pretty much two cells put together, like size-wise. Like, that's the only place that it would be like a cell, today's cells, like with the bars. Um, going right. to like where you could actually get some fresh air but that's it like there really wasn't much to do but that was your time out of your room also how they built the penitentiary again they try to make it to where no one could escape by putting the burlap sack on so you really didn't even know your surroundings but how they also built it it's so cool to see it above like an aerial view of it because it looks like almost like a snowflake but anyways, the idea of this penitentiary of why they built it like this is because they wanted prisoners to focus on religion. They wanted them to pretty much repent for their doings. So by doing this, they'd have penitence. So that's why it's called a penitentiary. <laughs> so cool. That's a fun fact I didn't know about. Yep. I'm not sure the exact date, but I want to say I think in the, like, 1900s is whenever they started actually letting them out, like, one hour a day where they would do, like, these exercises as a group, literally in the middle of, like I said, it kind of reminds me of a snowflake, how this prison's designed, if you're looking at the aerial view. 
again, how Benjamin Rush and Benjamin Franklin initially wanted this idea to go, is like I said, is when they're living in complete silence to where they had nothing but time to meditate on their crimes to where they would get penance, okay? But, of course, you know, guards gotta be guards. Want to punish them even further than that, you know? So, what they would also do is the water bath. So, they would take inmates and they'd be dunked in a bath of ice cold water and then hung from the wall for the night. There was also the mad chair that was inside of a pit called the hole, an underground cell block beneath cell block 14 where there was no light and inmates were strapped tightly to a chair, uh, restricting any movement for days with periods of starvation. Some prisoners, once removed from the restraints, were permanently crippled. Oh, another fun fact. So, he was haunted by a few people. So, um, he was haunted by James Clark, which is one of the victims from the St. Valentine's Day Massacre in Chicago. To get to the paranormal aspect of this, uh, there's, you know, they also do visits and mainly around Halloween, of course, like the other one in Weston does. You can also book a private visit as well if you want to. Um, but there's been numerous people that has, you know, went and visited. And they'll hear laughing in the hallway. You'll hear whispers. Um, you'll even hear, like, banging on metal from, like, the guards' batons on the metal... That'd be creepy. Can you imagine, like, doing a sleepover or something? No. <laughs> no. I don't know. I'm pretty brave. I think I'd do it, but I also think I'd be, like, not... I wouldn't get a bit of sleep. Even... Not even just the paranormal stuff going in there. Like, I just feel like you, like, just any of us that would go in there would go pretty crazy within the, like the first few hours just being in a cell by yourself because other than Al Capone's all the other ones didn't have lights in their room so when it got dark it got dark now there was a few people that escaped of course they also got them back like no one actually escaped for good out of there the prison was open for 1971 is when it officially closed I knew it was in the 70s um, so almost, I would say like around 160 years or so that it was open. I want to say around 100 prisoners actually escaped, but then they were brought back. And there was even a dog booked in this prison, okay? <laughs> like, a dog <laughs> for being a cat murderer. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> so, the dog Pep got booked on August. Well, technically he got arraigned. Okay, we're going to say arraigned. <laughs> July 29th, 1924, and officially booked in the prison system August 31st, 1924 with the alias as listed a dog. And uh yeah, so and Pep was a very um well-bred dog, by the way, like expensive well-bred black scott terrier okay or retriever the owner of the dog so he was like really good natured and friendly 
but yeah, so the dog killed a cat. Uh, the governor's wife's cat. So the dog got booked. <laughs> like, <laughs> Can you imagine just like if they did mug shots back then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, I want to go just so I can make friends with a ghost dog. I know, right? I told Stephanie, like, we should do, because she does the true crime episodes and you do the paranormal, we should go to one of their tours this uh, this year. Yeah. Halloween, and we could do a live episode. Yeah, we could do both penitentiaries, actually. We could do the yeah. one in Weston and the one in Philly. And you and guys could like, you could bring up a lot of paranormal facts. She could do the true crime facts. That'd be really cool. Oh my god, yeah, because like she can even like look up like some of the prisoners that were like in those, and she could do like their crimes and stuff. Oh, that'd be so awesome to do. Yeah. Um, she's all down for it. So I mean, if you are, <laughs> then oh yeah, no, I'm down. I'm anybody listening down. to be excited <laughs> for October. A lot of things happening in October. I can't even tell you how many videos I have watched over this past week about this place. And even during the actual, because, like, they're, like, ghost hunters and stuff, you know, that's went there. Right. It's insane, like, what you hear on these recordings. Like, you literally, like, hear, like, there was at one point this dude was, like, walking past, like, because they split up just to explore, you know what I mean, like, Mm -hmm. by themselves. All of a sudden, this dude's, like, you know, walking by himself talking like giving a little bit of history about the penitentiary and stuff and all of a sudden you hear hey and he's like what he's like i think i'm going crazy he's like did you guys just hear that and then you hear it again hey and then it says his name i would be running <laughs> uh-huh look then- <laughs> i'm one of those people that's like i ain't afraid of no ghosts but yeah. like don't talk behind my ear because i might just pee myself <laughs> i can't even for the ghost that I will throw down, I <laughs> for real, like, and of course he went inside the room that he was getting called into, and like that's smart. Yeah, they tell you not to do that. And then, like, there was this these other uh, ghost adventure people. I want to say ghost adventures because that's an actual show with that Zach dude. But like, this is a, you know what I mean? Like them? Yeah. Is it Ghost and, Hunters International yeah. or something like that? Uh, no, these are just, like, these, their own, I guess, smaller, like, they're YouTubers. They're not Mm. on actual TV. Um, which, that's okay by me, because I watch YouTube way more. Me too. (laughs) Is it, like, from, uh, BuzzFeed? Maybe. Because if it's BuzzFeed, then I know the guys you're talking about. I follow them on, like, everything. It's. Yeah, I think they're like they're two guys. There's only two of them that I know of. There's like one there. really tall one, one short one. Do they play pranks on each other? No. Okay, these guys do. It's called Mind Seed TV. The guys I'm talking about, they do BuzzFeed Supernatural mm-hmm. and BuzzFeed True Crime. Okay. And they just branched off and started their own. A company called Watcher, and I highly recommend checking out their videos. They're one of them believes in the supernatural, one of them doesn't. Oh. So seeing them like walk through together, 
and one's always saying, did you hear that? That was a ghost. And he's like, could be the wind. Could be the wind, though. <laughs> yeah. So they're coming out with uh, their own TV show. Well, YouTube. Awesome. Called Ghost Files. So I'm pretty excited Ooh. for that to come out. Yeah, definitely we'll have to watch that because that sounds amazing. Um, oh, yeah. But these guys. So I just sent you a link as well um, about the dudes I'm talking about and their actual thing. And I think I'm pretty sure they're the ones that I've seen with the you know, like the spirit boxes and stuff. There was literal spirit. Like there was like one or two different spirits literally saying, leave, get out, danger. And they just kept antagonizing it. I was like, oh, no. That would be me. <laughs> I'd do it, and then I'd be like, then when they attack me, I'd be like, bro, what was that for? I didn't do nothing. <laughs> I know that on that one, um, the BuzzFeed Supernatural mm-hmm. with Ryan and Shane, they were asking... I think they were in like a tuberculosis hospital. It used oh. to be. It was abandoned then. Um, they asked the little boy that had died there to move the ball. And the ball rolled down the hallway and it went underneath. Um, it landed just underneath graffiti writing of the name Ryan. And the guy started freaking out because his name was Ryan. Gosh, and he goes, like, what are the odds of that doing that? Also, to add to the Eastern State Penitentiary, is that it actually used to be called Hell on Earth back in the day. I'll have to send you a TikTok. There's a I seen this one chick, she was like, I swear to God, my house is haunted, and she's like showing her house around and like the door to one of her rooms moves slightly oh and then she goes you see what i mean and then it just slams shut oh. no. No, no and no, no, she no, no. screams to the top of her lungs and i'm like girl i am there with you in spirit i am running with you i'm there like no bye peace out yep like i just won't come into that part of the house that's fine it's cool that's your that's your room i'm sorry for you know trespassing Exactly, but like, do you want a different collar? Just anything, just let me know. <laughs> Some of these places that they see, like, I want to go to the Winchester house. Oh, yeah, I want to go to the Sally house. Like, the there's house. a girl. Um, I'm gonna send you a link, okay, to an episode of BuzzFeed Supernatural, okay. The owner at the time was attacked mm. and like it, they caught it on camera <gasps> where they were like sitting there talking to him and he started complaining like his it was either his back or his stomach started burning really bad and he was trying to rip his shirt off and when they pulled his shirt up there were three long scratches Oh my God. and they were fresh because he was bleeding. So, yeah, it gave me chills. Don't watch it alone. That's all I have to say. Wow. Yeah, that is that is insane. 
It is. It really is. <laughs> I'll send you the link for it, but I highly recommend you watch it. And then, like, yeah. they do a return because uh, three months ago, BuzzFeed ended – well, not BuzzFeed, but Shane and Ryan ended their contract with BuzzFeed. So oh. they no longer ghost hunt with BuzzFeed. That's why they're starting their own. Got you. So he's like Ryan swore up and down that he would never, ever go back for the last episode. He kind of just sucked it up and went back. Wow. And so there's like an hour long. I'll send you both. Okay. But um, it's like an hour long episode. It's pretty good. But I would like to go to those kind of places. Yeah, no, really I'm down. Test them out. I, I mean, we've had paranormal experiences before. Dude, my, my current house is haunted. It's not like a bad haunted, um, but it's definitely haunted. I've had multiple people that have stayed over that said it's haunted. They're like, yo, do you know that there's like this black spirit that just like hangs out? I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Doesn't hurt nothing though, so it doesn't really You're bother like, yeah. anything. <laughs> I know. <laughs> just... Like you'll hear it walking up the stairs and stuff sometimes or walking down the stairs. I don't know why it has to walk. I thought being a ghost you could just like teleport, but you know what? I'm not a ghost, so I don't know how this stuff works. <laughs> um like... If I were a ghost, I would. For real. Like I, I walk enough during my normal life. I'm not walking in the afterlife. I'm afloat everywhere. You also, like, you'll see, like, my cats communicating with it sometimes. Like, you'll hear them. Like, they'll just cock their head and look at something. Because, like, you'll hear a creak. Like, I don't know why. It hangs out in the hallway a lot. I'm not sure why. Uh, I mean, sometimes it'll come in the bedroom. Like, you'll hear footsteps coming in. But, like... There was, like, I can remember, like, the one day, like, I was getting up for work, but I like to lay in my bed for, like, you know, like, a good 15, 20 minutes waking up for the day. Same. And, uh, all of a sudden, I hear, again, the footsteps coming up the hallway, or up the stairs, I'm like, okay. And then, and they always stop at the landing, though, like, before you could even enter the either room upstairs, you know? Mm-hmm. And they have, uh... But my, my cats were on the bed with me because they, they love sleeping and cuddling with me in the mornings. And see, this is why I can't work. I need to be a stay-at-home mom cat. Or cat mom. <laughs> <laughs> stay-at-home cat mom. Mom cat. That's okay. Like, I was talking to Stephanie in the last episode and she was telling me about uh, the Cecil Hotel. Oh, yeah. And <clears throat> I don't know if you got that episode or not. If you listened to it yet, but you should. Um, she was telling me about the Cecil Hotel. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I, I know a lot about crew time. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, in the description for last week's episode, I put crew time. Or true crime. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so here this one morning, though, here I got to the top of the stairs, like I said, like where the landing is or whatever you want to call it, small hallway. Um, Of course, my bedroom door's open, but you can hear the creaking 
that something's mm-hmm. putting pressure because like again my my house is 102 years old so it creaks or rather anytime when you do something it'll creak <laughs> but um but like i said i could verify because there's been multiple people that slowly said like yeah i see something or something touched them or they thought like i was coming in the room and here i was still in the bathroom like kind of stuff like that it's Anyways, crazy. yeah. Well, it was this one morning, though. I was just laying there, and again, like I said, it was, like, in the hallway area, and you could tell because of, like I said, the weight that's there. And then mm-hmm. my cat just starts, like, peering around and just starts meowing at it. I was like, okay, you do you, boo. Guess you have a new friend <laughs> while I'm at work. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't... I mean, it does like to play games. It'll hide your shit. So. Maybe that's why... I'm always leaving something behind. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'm not. I'm not kidding you. It loves wants me to come back. Games. It loves playing those games, like where it hides something. And I mean, like in complete different rooms. Like it's not even like in the same room. So, but like I said, it, it, I don't. Th- I don't feel like it's a. I mean, I feel like if it was harmful or like wanted to do something. Or didn't like us being here. Like I just feel like it would do something. You know, like yeah, you would like know. That. And like I try to be really respectful of it, anyways. Like obviously, it was here before us. You know what I mean? I know that sounds crazy, but <laughs> like I know there's something here at my place. Ooh. It's like living in the basement or something. Ooh. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, mm. like because <laughs> like the one time my dad and. Uh, my brother left and I was home alone with a cat and I went to take a shower and I literally heard something knock on the door Oh! to the basement, which in my house, the basement door is right next to the bathroom door. So I opened the door and I'm like, what was that? And literally as I'm peering out into the hallway, it knocks on the basement door again. <gasps> and I'm like, nope, I'm good. I'm going to just go stay in here now. Wait for someone to come home. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> this is not for me. No, no. Bye. I'm not as much of a thug as I like tell <laughs> myself I am. <laughs> well, it's just like different because it's not like you can physically fight it. Right. You do punch the air. But you know, I feel like it's just a very unfair fight at that point because, you know, it could do stuff to you, but you can't do stuff to it. Like, I think that's very unfair. (laughs) Exactly. Like, at least manifest into a solid form. For real. It's like, can we just do this a little fairly? (laughs) (laughs) Do you enjoy dancing while burning calories that you consume throughout the day? Well, you're in luck. My name's Stephanie, and I am a dance-to-fit instructor based out of Morgantown, West Virginia. I offer dance fitness classes, which are full-body workouts. Um, I do it three times a month, every other Saturday, and one day during the week, typically 6.15 to 7.30. You can find me on Dance Fitness with Steph on Facebook to keep up on date with all of the events. Each class is $5 a person. Bring your friends and come and dance and have fun with us. We dance to Christian, hip-hop, pop, and even some country. There is something for everyone. We modify dance moves, so whether it's your first time or your hundredth time, your only competition is 
yourself. So welcome back from that ad break, guys. And we uh, got her back from during a small break. So we're going to mm-hmm. do this with some more little short paranormal things. Which I actually found really cool. Well, I don't know if this is really... I mean, I consider it paranormal. It says encounter with the vampire. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> okay, so this is off of Reddit. And um followed. Or as follows. Jesus, I cannot talk. <laughs> um, so last night I responded to a post in AMA to a guy who said he encountered a vampire. His story was very similar to what happened to me when I was young. It haunts me almost 35 years later. This was my response. I'd like some feedback. When I was young, I was walking home right at twilight and approached by a man who just seemed wrong. I lived in a kind of rural neighborhood in the desert. I knew everybody who lived nearby. I didn't know this man. He was wearing jeans and a t-shirt, so that was normal, but everything else about him instantly terrified me. As I, oh my so as I walked down the dirt road to my house, he paralleled me in the brush with his gaze locked right on me. The brush on the side of the road is thick, mesquite, and you can't move through it without getting caught up and scratched all to hell. This man moved right through it. He never touched a single branch. He actually moved through it. Um, He passed me up and came out into the road ahead of me, standing right in my path. He smelled so bad like rotting meat. He smiled at me and asked me to come with him to see a hurt dog. He never blinked and didn't look like he was breathing. His teeth were yellow, brown, and sharp. His smile was terrifying. His eyes looked cloudy and gray. I remember not see or not being able to move, though I wanted to scream. I couldn't get a sound out. He wrenched his hand out and wanted me to take it. Right then, my dog, a big German Shepherd, came sprinting out of the brush, silent and fast. He jumped and snapped at the man's face. The man was so fast, he avoided my dog and was across the road instantly. My dog went at him again, and the men fled into the brush. Again, he didn't disturb a single branch. As soon as the man fled, so did I. So did I. I sprinted home, which was a couple hundred yards away. When I got home, I noticed that I had urinated in my pants. My dog came home later that night, severely injured. We had to put him down. My my dad told me he was in a dog fight. I knew he wasn't. I never told my parents, and I don't know why. Some of these stories, though, like I found on Reddit, are insane. Ooh, read one. There's this one. It's called Phone Call from the Other Side. It says, uh, this encounter didn't happen to me, but it happened to my mother. So let's get the backstory out of the way first. A couple months ago, my great aunt was in the hospital with COVID. At first, it seemed like she was stable and would recover, but things took a turn for the worse in about a week. She had a heart attack and her lungs had become damaged beyond repair and was brain dead, kept alive by a machine, which my cousins had to make the decision whether to keep her on or let her pass. They let her 
pass due to the fact that she had COVID. My immediate family and I were unable to visit her as she was three hours away and we didn't have means to travel there on such short notice, but we kept everyone in the loop through phone calls. Although my mother managed to keep her composure, she took her death pretty hard as she was very close with her growing up and was one of the few extended family members that she talked to that was still alive. Personally to me, I hadn't talked to her for quite a few years prior to this, but I do have great memories of spending time with her during my childhood and teenage years. It's sad to think that so many of my family members growing up have now passed away. She had two dogs that my family and I took in as my cousins were unable to. They were a mess when they first came to my house as their last memories of my aunt were being rushed to the hospital out of her apartment, sparking them with anxiety and being brought into a new home with people they haven't seen in well over a decade. I'm happy to report they've acclimated to our home very well and we have been doing our absolute best to give them a happy life. Now on to the encounter. A few weeks after the funeral, my mother was sleeping and was awoken by a phone call around midnight. She sleepily looked at her phone and jolted awake when she saw that it was my aunt's caller ID. I'll be paraphrasing this, but there's essentially what my mother told me. When she answered the phone, she was greeted by my aunt, and my mother asked, how the hell are you calling me? To which my aunt replied, don't worry about it. My aunt went on to tell her that she wanted to let her know that she was okay and was now with several other family members that had passed long before she did. Her husband, her mother, her sister, which is our grandmother. She wanted to let me know or to let my mother know that she was very thankful for taking her dogs in and was glad to see they were taken care of. She asked my mother to deliver a message to my cousin, her closest daughter. She wanted her to know that she didn't feel any pain when she passed and that she was in a better place now. My mother understood her and she told her she would tell her. My aunt thanked her. She said she loved her and the call ended. My mother was very pretty open to the paranormal, so she wasn't freaked out by this and was very thankful to have heard from her. The next morning, she delivered the message to my cousin. She teared up on the phone and thanked my mother for telling her. Now, I do recognize that this could have very easily been a dream or some sort of hallucination on my mother's part. However, she swears that this is very real, very awake, and very aware during the phone call. She was walking around the house as she was on the phone with my aunt and my sister was awake at the time and confirmed that she heard my mother having this conversation in the living room where my mother had ended the call. She doesn't have any history of sleepwalking or hallucination as far as I've been alive. I personally feel it was my aunt contacting me, contacting her, and it makes me happy knowing she's out there in a better place with the people she loves. It's actually really sweet. Like It is, but like it's also really creepy. Yeah. Oh, let's see this one. 
says, whenever I make a comment about moving houses, something creepy happens. So, two days ago, my sister told me she was planning on moving at the end of the year. Everything was fine until today. She went to stay with her friend, and just an hour ago, I went to her room to steal a body spray she never let me use. LOL. Anyways, I was going through her cabinet for it because she hides it well, and while I'm doing that, I noticed the chair in front of the makeup mirror is moving. Okay. <laughs> um, it's shaking like the same way it would if someone sat down too fast on it or suddenly stood up real fast from it. Then I heard three knocks on the door. It was partly open. The chair is still moving. I feel like this was, or I feel like this warm chill on my back and I ran out of the room and downstairs. I'm now with my dad and we keep hearing scissor sounds in the kitchen. He told me it was the wind, uh, the knocking sounds I heard. And I should just ignore it or I'm hallucinating stuff. But I swear he's scared too because he has his Quran out and is reading through it. Anyways, three years ago, the same thing happened when my dad told us we were moving houses. It's too long to type, but short story is a teddy bear moved while I was sleeping in the same bed as my sister and the duvet was pulled was pulled from the bed and someone kept jumping on the bed while we were both awake at 2 a.m and i heard someone tell me move while i was trying to get closer to my sister in bed because she had the blanket with her it was so scary but two days later we moved so we forgot about it also the common denominator is my older sister for some reason is this Oh, is her older sister for some reason. Um, she's like, is this normal? Am I schizophrenic? <laughs> Note, my dad and sister both were with me and saw everything that happened three years ago and just now. I mean, I don't think you're crazy because <laughs> your dad has his crayon out. Uh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let me tell you something right now. They say if it comes in threes, it's demonic. Yeah, yeah. Everything happens at the witching hour, and everyone thinks the witching hour is like midnight, but it's not. The witching hour yeah. is three. Oh, three yeah, a.m. The witching hour, and it's supposed to be like a mockery of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So, girl, like it three times? No. And There's in the space of three happen. years. <laughs> yeah. See, that's even creepier. Yeah. Oh God! Ooh, this sounds like a good one. Maybe it's it's short, so I'm just gonna read it. But it says, "Can paranormal entities manipulate us psychologically? And if they can, how far can they go with it?" Ooh. Ooh. So <laughs> this says, "I lived in a really old house that was converted into two separate apartments." My family of six had the top two floors, while the first level was its own single apartment. My family, as well as the neighbors that were in and out fairly often in the apartment below, experienced a lot of a lot in our time there. We'd all see and heard things, and one of our downstairs neighbors, who was a devout Christian, even said she was strangled by something while she slept one night. 
She slept on the porch just because she refused to be in there after and hung holy water on both of our doors. Now that, okay, now what I want to know is, can paranormal beings alter the dreams we have or even cause us to develop medical conditions? They can go as far as to speak to, speak to or touch us, but can they get inside of our heads too? I'm not sure if I'm making any sense, but while I am while I was living in this house as a younger child, I had these wildly violent, demonic, or just dark and trippy dreams nearly every night that stood that stopped after we moved. I also began having epileptic fits, but only at night with no history of epilepsy whatsoever. I also stopped having them around the time we left. I think about this a lot, wondering if something was actively messing with me or if it was just a coincidence. And... I mean, there have been instances where places have been haunted and people do get physically ill in the homes. Yeah. And then they leave the house and all of a sudden they're better. Yeah. So could just be whatever it is feeding on you. Oh yeah, I mean that's what they feed off. They feed off energy. Mhm. I found oh, one that's kind of creepy. My This one's called Creepy Baby Hand. Oh. Back when I was younger, maybe about 6 to 9ish, I visited my grandmother in Miami, Florida. My grandmother is a very, very religious woman who believes in God. She prays every day, so I would not expect her house to be scary or haunted, as some might say. Anyways, it was a normal day. Finally came home during the evening. I ended up staying awake pretty late because I wasn't tired. While I was laying on my side, I seen something terrifying. A random young child or baby hand appeared poking out from the side of the bed. Oh, that's goof. I gasped in shock, and then the baby hand quickly disappears into thin air. One second I'd seen it, and the next it was like it never existed. It was almost as if it was some type of holographic video game program thing. Anyways, I do not know what the hell that fucking hand was. And what it was doing peeking out from the side of my bed. I wonder if anyone has ever had a similar experience or knows what random child's hand could possibly be. I saw nothing else but it. No face, no body, just a tiny creepy hand. Ooh, that's creepy. Mm-hmm. Um gives me chills. Yeah. I'm not staying at your grandma's anytime soon. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let me see. What do I got here? Okay, so. A haunting in a hotel. For about two years. Oh, this one's for you, Jess. (laughs) Well, Kat, rather sorry. Uh, For about two years, I worked at a hotel in the mountains. For privacy reasons, I will not be saying where or the name of the hotel. It was a relatively young hotel, but the land it was on was old. Well, I think any land is old. Just saying. (laughs) Yeah. 
but whatever. Um, dating back to the early 1900s, it had about 14 floors, including two levels of parking garages and a sort of attic area that made up the top two floors. This area was used for storage and were or where the burnt of the activity took place, or brunt of the activity took place. Things happened sporadically. The occasional shadow figure walking in the halls, motion lights turning on by themselves. The one on the 12th floor, I used to sit and watch it turn on by itself, and it took a or took a lot to get those things to register. The popular story with the employees was it was the spirit of a child. I had a degree. Oh, I'm sorry. I had <laughs> I had to disagree with them. For one thing, the sensations I would get from the floor was not human, much less a child. Not demonic, though. More like an elemental would be the best way to describe it. And two personal experience left little doubt as to what was up there. My mom and I had sort of a game where we would take pictures of the creepy spots where we worked and then send them to each other. I went up to the 11th and 12th floor and started snapping away. As I took a shot of the 12th floor from the stairs, I went up to get another angle. I suddenly got the feeling that I should not be doing that. I decided not to take a pic and started back downstairs when a little voice in the back of my head told me to be careful. Later that day, I was moving one of the big, giant linen carts through a doorway, something I had done thousands of times by this point. When my little finger, or when my little finger got caught between the cart and the door frame, I had to wear a splint for for a few weeks. When I told my mom, she advised. I apologized to whatever was up there, which I did, and warned the new people not to take pictures up there. But they would just laugh at me. The second experience was about a month later on the 10th floor. I was looking for one of my supervisors and saw him at the end of the hall and watched him go into a room. I went down to the room and found no one there. I went back to the storage room and there he was saying he had been on the second floor this whole time. So, this thing could mimic. There were other things that happened while I worked around the area, but those are for another time. I've since left that hotel and still wonder what the nature of it was. I do know this, however, it doesn't like its picture being taken. That is creepy that it can mimic what definitely like. Wow. I know, like, the hotel I work at, I've seen, like, shadow figures in the corner of my eyes. It's pretty creepy. Ew. Uh, This one says, my uncle smiled at his funeral. Oh. So, this happened a few years ago, but first, a bit about my uncle. His name is Paul. He was an alcoholic. He died of cancer and was battling with alcoholism his entire life. He started drinking during his teen years, and this kept going and turned into an addiction. My cousin's life was pretty hard as my uncle neglected him through his infancy, and money was an issue. 
My uncle developed throat cancer in his 40s and had to quit drinking to have a chance. He managed to stop drinking for a while, to stop smoking for a while, and fought the heck hell to survive the cancer. He went 20 years without drinking or smoking until he developed a new cancer. This time, he didn't have the strength to fight the addiction, and he died smoking and drinking. He was a loving man, funny, and really helpful, but he was stigmatized within the family because of his addiction. I was living with him and my grandmother at the time. I was attending college in the city where they lived. My uncle used to help her as she can't walk well, but he wasn't doing much since the disease came back. I picked up on taking care of, care of my grandmother alongside of one of my aunts. I tried to be supportive of him, of him, but I know how hard it was for him to deal with the for him to deal with the addiction and the cancer again. I really cared for him, and the worst feeling was everyone was withdrawing from him, and as he was slowing dying, slowly dying. At the funeral, he was in the coffin in the middle of the room. We were all around him. When the time came, people started talking about him, and I couldn't keep my eyes off him. He had a natural look, but you could distinguish sadness on his face, especially his mouth. Everyone spoke said, and said good things about him. They all mentioned his disease or his addiction or how hard it was for dealing with all of it, the sadness of watching him go back. I wanted to speak only good things, but had no strength. After my cousin spoke, his wife started talking and only said fun things about him. The times he helped her, or like how he was like a father to her, and some funny situations. It was only time, it was the only time that I took my eyes off of him because the speech was moving on and it really represented his good nature. When I looked back at him, he had a distinctive smile on his face. He seemed genuinely happy at her words and how everybody was laughing and remembering him in a good light, not throwing any criticism or paying attention to his flaws. It really amused me. And I'm a big non-believer of life after death, but it's something I really couldn't explain. I wish I could say it was only my perception of the moment, but I genuinely saw a smile on his face and it faded a few moments later. Mm -mm. I don't know how you're so chill with it. Yeah, for real. <laughs> be like, yo, uh, he's smiling, guys. He's smiling. I feel like uh, funeral director. Um, did, are you sure that he is like fully drained and embalmed and like, <laughs> dead? This makes uh, me like uh, we uncomfy. So, <laughs> can we not do this? <laughs> For real. It's crazy. Crazy. I'm trying to find a good one. I mean, they're all interesting. Yeah. I have another one. It's a short one. I'm trying to see. And this kind of like goes into one of our favorite movies uh, Final Destination. <laughs> I love Final Destination. I'm so excited for the next one coming out. Yeah. About first responders. 
It's going to be a good one. You, me, and Steph are going to have to go out and see it together. Okay. And then we'll do like a little discussion on here. What we thought, how it compares to the others. Okay. This one says, has anyone had any final destination type premonitions? I did nothing as dramatic as the plane exploding in air, though that really happened in the late 90s to flight 800 going to Paris. Mine was on a car. I was going to go with friends in a car and I was about to get in. I had this eerie feeling not to. It made me so nauseous I had to bow out. Sure enough, they were driving late at night, being the only car on the road, hit a pothole, lost control, and ended up on the side of the road in the middle of the night. They tried calling for help, but no one answered. The 24-hour tow truck never answered the phone either. They gave a long waiting period. Tempers flared, Impatience, irritability, and hunger were their companions. Sleep evaded. Then, because they wouldn't admit it, they got scared. They said they couldn't sleep because it was uncomfortable. I'm glad I didn't go. Like I said, nothing dramatic as death, but I definitely avoided some type of tragedy. Anyone heard scratching sounds on walls? So, so IDK, where else to post this? I don't even necessarily believe in ghosts, but I have something going on that's been creeping me out. The other night when I was going to bed, I had some very strange thoughts. As soon as I laid down, it seemed like a horror movie was being fast forwarded in my mind. It wasn't anything that bad, but I was seeing reactions of my girlfriend and roommate gasping and imagining screaming and yelling. This has never happened to me. I never have anxious or weird thoughts going to bed. It seriously felt like I was skipping and living through a movie. It lasted about 30 seconds until I was uh, until I was telling myself to stop thinking and breathe. About 30 seconds later, I heard a scratching noise coming from the wall that lasted about a minute. I've heard this exact noise in my bathroom once about six months ago. I thought it was a mouse or something, but when I banged on the wall, it didn't phase it. It just kept scratching on and off for about five minutes. My roommate heard the wall noise about a week later and said the same thing, so I know I'm not going fully crazy. Anyway, doesn't necessarily believe in ghosts, but I guess I believe in energy. Some of these stories, though, like I know, I know, like I lived in a house. I don't know if you remember it. It's in Maidsville, like right alongside the road. I'm trying to think. Um, wait, where where is Maidsville exactly? It's past Granville. Past Granville. Yeah. Wait, is this the one that was like a two-story house? Yeah, it was white. Yeah, okay, I know yeah. exactly which one. There was there was several things that was happening in that house, and the owners didn't even tell us like they had experienced stuff there, and they never oh. said anything to us, and we had moved in, and like the first experience was, my dad was sitting in the living room, and I think it was like our very first night there, 
and he saw a black tall figure standing in the dining room and it walked to the basement and went down in the basement Mm. yeah and then he was sitting with the landlord because he had come to pick up his money and as they were talking a cup started moving across the coffee table moved from one side to the other and so he left said he wasn't going to be there and then my dad was asleep and he was woke up by two little girls singing jesus loves me oh that right there i would have peaced out yep i don't care who you are children doing anything as like disembodied voices is creepy One hundred percent. Yeah. The way the bedrooms were was you go up the stairs. There was a landing. Then you go up the stairs again. There were two bedrooms on the right, one bedroom on the left, and the bathroom. Okay. So the boys had the two bedrooms on the right. Then there was the bathroom on the left. And then the last bedroom was mine. So at night, we would leave our doors open. I know a lot of people don't do that, but, you know, we were still pretty young, so we kept the doors open. Yeah. Um, Justin had gone to bed early. Philip and I had stayed up a little later, but he eventually went to bed. I had just laid down. And out in the hallway, I heard a little look, a little girl giggle. Oh. And I kind of sat up really quick and I'm like, uh, Andrew, was that you? <laughs> He's like, uh, no, but I heard it. And so I yelled at, you know, the other brother and he was asleep. So I'm like, okay, let's just try to push that away and go to bed about 10 minutes after I felt a like a hand go under my shirt and go up toward my chest as it was like feeling me up and I smacked and my shirt dropped and went back to normal wow about three weeks after this Philip is asleep in his bed. Philip and Andrew are the same person for those who are listening. We're getting confused. But he's asleep in his bed. And he starts thrashing really badly. And then all of a sudden he comes running out of his room. And we started talking to him like, are you okay? What's going on? Was it a bad dream? And he said that he felt something crawl up on his bed and it put its knees on his chest and it grabbed him by the throat and was choking him. No. Oh my God. Yeah. And like he was trying so hard to get away and it finally broke. Well, I had gone upstairs to grab some blankets because he didn't want to sleep upstairs, obviously. Yeah. He slept downstairs with my dad. So I go in and I grab blankets from my room. And as I'm walking out of my room, something grabs me by the hair and starts pulling me backward. 
and I yank my hair free and I turn around and it slams the door in my face. Oh my god. Now, Justin did not believe a single word anybody was saying because nothing happened to him. He just believed it was all in our head that we weren't actually experiencing any of this. So we're all downstairs and he's upstairs playing his video game and he said he just so happened to look out into the hallway and he said there was a black figure and he said it was so tall that it had to bend down and underneath the door to look at him and it was in my room. And when he seen it, it slammed the door really quick. And he jumped up and came like, and when I say he jumped, I mean, (laughs) he jumped from the top of the stairs to the second landing. Oh, and from the second landing to the bottom of the stairs. (laughs) He missed every single step. Wow. And he was so freaked out about it. And then there was an instance where I can't remember if it was Andrew or Justin, but one of them was taking a bath and something came and grabbed him by the throat and shoved them under the water and tried to like drown them. That's so scary. Yeah, it's really scary. But apparently like the place that was built there wasn't the original house and the original house um, the owner went crazy or something and killed his wife, killed his two daughters, and then hung himself where the bathroom stood. Wow. Yeah. Super creepy. Super scary. Yeah. I would say, like, holy I... shit. I experienced some things. You remember that time we were at your house and we thought it was coal that got up on the bed? Yep. Yep. My, listen, I don't care what anyone says. That house is, well, it's not that anyone hasn't said it. It's just like the house is so haunted. Like, and I, you know who I'm talking about when I say this. And I think it's because of a certain somebody that I used to be friends with. Would, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. Um, Just tell a few of your experiences. <laughs> I know they were pretty wild. Uh, so, oh, my God. I don't even know which one first um so there's like this one house i used to live in i don't know it's probably like seven or eight well there's a few houses back then but anyways i'll get to the next one after that but there's like this red brick house it was actually a really nice house like i don't know if you you remember it or not but like it had like a weeping willow in the front yard it had like Lily it looked like one of those white picket fence homes except we had a picket fence but it was red instead of white um but there it was like a three bedroom house anyways in this house though um you could actually see the 
the one, like, if you were the living room part, and you could see all the windows open, and then we also had a sliding glass door as well. Well, anyways, you would never see this woman pass the two, like, the front of the house windows. You would never see mm-hmm. her pass through those. But then you would see her walking past the side of the house, which you'd have to walk on the side of the house to get to uh, the side door, which we mainly used anyways. We never used the front door because it was in the living room. But anyways, but you'd always see her passing, and she'd only walk to the sliding glass door. You never seen her at the sliding glass door, but she'd always just pass right in front like she was walking to the sliding glass door, but then she would just disappear. She would never turn around. This this happened like at the same time every day. Wow. Yeah, and then um, there was oh my gosh, there was this really creepy house that we lived in. Like, oh, and by the way, these houses I'm talking about now, I just want to let you know, burnt down, both of them. That's creepy. Well, wait, I don't know if the second one burnt down or not. But it's it's no longer there. So, like, really, there there's these houses are no longer at like they're just they're both gone. So I know that the first one, the one I just talked about, burnt down, and there were some other paranormal experiences too that we had in that house. But it was like, like if I had like there was this one time I had like a so- I wouldn't say exactly a soccer ball, but like a ball like a soccer ball, you know, like that size. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, rolled down the hallway by itself one day. Um, but, yeah, anyways, that's the house I got burned down. But this next house I'm talking about was, it was a very, very old house. And it, like, upstairs, it had, like, I really like this bathroom. Like, still to this day, I still like this bathroom, but at the same time, it creeps me out. But it was, like, one of those really old-style bathrooms. Because, again, this house was old. Um, but it was, like, one of those the white and black towel floor bathrooms, you know? And, like, had the garden tub. Or not a garden tub. But the old clawfoot tubs and everything. But, like, that's just saying, like, how old this house is. Right. And, um... But anyways, there was one, and this house was so haunted, like, you would hear heavy steps going throughout this house all the time. And there was one time I was getting ready for school, and I looked in the mirror, because, like, I had, like, one of those, you know, like, big dressers that had the mirrors and stuff on it. Mm-hmm. And I looked over in the mirror, because I just, like, felt this weird, strange feeling, like, like your hair standing up on end you know what I mean yeah and I was like wow like you get like I'm really getting goosebumps and chills just thinking about it (laughs) um but anyways I decided to look over in the mirror and here it's like this old hand reaching for my hair I'm like nope (laughs) out peace some insidious shit I'm like I am going to school as I am Today. <laughs> like, this is some insidious shit yeah and then there's another like I don't know if things just like follow me or maybe they just I don't know if we just somehow pick haunted houses I don't understand 
almost every single house I've lived in is haunted. So I'm beginning to think it's just me. And I don't know if it's because I'm very sensitive to the spiritual world. Like, I can literally tell the future sometimes. I'm not saying, like, I'm a fortune teller. Like, I would never read someone's palm or I can't do any of that. But, like, I know that when something's going to happen before it happens, like, constantly. Um, and I also have, like, dreams that always come true. Um, it's, it's crazy. So, like, I just know, like, I'm very sensitive to the spiritual realm, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm, maybe that's another reason why I think all my, not, not think, I know it's been confirmed by multiple people that every house I've lived in was haunted. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I wonder if they, like, just, if they know that. I can see them and stuff. And that's the reason why. I don't know. But anyways, there was this one house I lived in. In, it's called, it's in Greene County, Pennsylvania. But um, it was such a beautiful house, too. And we, and that's why we almost didn't want to move out of it. Because it was such a beautiful house. And anyways, the first level, because it's like a split level house, but anyways, you come into like the living room area, and then you go up like a very short, like like it's so short. I think there's maybe eight eight steps total mm-hmm. that you have to go up, and that's like that's at the max. So you have to go up to like where the dining room is. Well, anyways, in the dining room, you would always hear when I say heavy footsteps. I mean heavy footsteps like running across like if you were in the living room it would really start at the kitchen and run into the living room and you could hear yeah. heavy footsteps running and then literally like the curtains because the curtains that we had were like those panel curtains or whatever like the ones yeah. that go from like the top of the window de- to the floor you know uh-huh. And all of those, like, it looked like a big wind gust, but you know it wasn't wind because they didn't all blow at the same time. Because it was like a domino effect that went through the house. Or, like, went through, that literally, like, moved these curtains. And then the um, door handle would jiggle. So, like, you would think someone was trying to break into the house, like, how bad this door handle was jiggling. Jeez. Yeah, and then, like, it would slam cabinet doors, and or you would just come into the kitchen one day, and all the cabinets are open. That reminds me of, like, the house that I just talked about, all that stuff happening. My yeah. dad was in the kitchen, and, okay, and the way it worked is, for those listening, because I don't know if you remember what the inside of the house looks like or not, but you Hi. walk through the door, and there's the living room. Then you walk through the living room, there's the dining room. Off to your right is the door to the basement. Through the dining room, there's a little door frame that goes into the kitchen where the back door is. Yeah. So my dad's in the kitchen and he liked to, uh, there was no door or anything. So like when he was cooking, all the heat would go through the house and in the summer, it just made it miserable. So he hung sort of like a little sheet there to try to keep most of the heat in. Yeah. Well, one night he was cooking and he turned around and the sheet was moving and he goes aha funny like that's real funny get away from it guys and he said he watched as it like the curtain moved forward and you know what it's like when someone like 
puts a sheet over themselves. Yeah. That's what it looked like. Oh, no, no, no. And he thought it was Philip. And so he grabbed it by the face. Oh. And he said, funny, I said, stop. And he shoved it backward. And then he grabbed, yes, he grabbed the sheet and yanked it to the side. And there was no one standing there. Mm, Nope. Nope. I'd be like, kids, we're packing up tonight. I mean, you want to talk about bulb? Uh, we're just we're just gonna leave tonight, and we'll come back for it with like a whole team of ministers and priests. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about bold? Like, who in their life can say <laughs> that they have grabbed a ghost, a Push demon, whatever it was, by the face and shoved them backward? <laughs> yeah, for real. I am not that brave. <laughs> I probably would have, like, used a spoon or something and smacked him in the face or whatever. But, like, I definitely would not have grabbed well, it. thought he was grabbing one of you. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> that's the thing about it. He, he legitimately thought, like, it was the youngest brother playing a joke on him. And so he, yeah. like, literally grabbed it by the face and shoved it back. And then that's when he realized there was no one there. It's like, oh, I just messed up. Yep. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> Ugh. But yeah, like, like how you were saying earlier about that one time, like when you were, when we had a sleepover when we were like teenagers, and we thought it was Cole coming up on the bed, and it was not. Nope, and you were petting that dog. Yep. And like loving all over that dog, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden Cole just like trots into the room, and you're like, well, who the fuck am I petting? Yeah, that's happened to me <laughs> twice, dude. There was one Ugh. time when I was younger, it's like when Cole was like a little bit older than a puppy, but you know, he was like really young, like maybe two at most. And uh, yeah, I uh, went to let him out of a crate because I thought he was in the crate uh, because we just got home from like going out to eat or something like that and I thought like my dad or Graham put him in the crate before because you know, like he was still having accidents here and there like if he just couldn't hold it and uh, no I let out this when I went to go I literally was touching this dog and because I opened up the crate and I was li- and I literally had it by the freaking collar, dude. And here Cole's in the living room. Yikes! Greeting my dad and grandma coming to the door. And I look Mm-mm. down at it and it starts growling at me. I'm like, who? <laughs> Same. I want to know, like, how did it? Like, what? Oof, and yeah, well, you know what? I can't even say that's from. From I'm not gonna mention her name on here, but you know who I'm talking about because yeah, that's we'll call her. her. We'll we'll just call her uh, Nicole. Okay, Nicole. Uh, yeah, that was even before before I even knew Nicole though, because um, yeah, this is like when Nicole was younger. So yeah, and I didn't even meet Nicole until I was like seventeen. About that time, yeah. So, and this happened, like, when I was, like, 14, 15. The first incident, like I said, when I went to let 
what I thought was coal out of the crate. And it was not. And I'm like, okay. That is wild. Like in my house right now, um, there's a black cat here. And my dad often like, it can't be because like there's no trace of there being another cat except for Kiki. And there will be times where my dad will be like yelling at this cat thinking that it's my cat. And then my cat will come trotting around the corner like, what'd you say? And he goes, okay, well, you are not the cat that I'm talking to. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. I don't know if it's like the same thing that lives in the basement and it's just like trying to win us over by pretending it's a cat. Yeah, it could. Because whatever it is, it keeps opening the closet door in the hallway. And it's ticking me off because... (laughs) It's we've got the closet just packed with some boxes, and every time you open that closet door, it shifts the boxes, so then it's hard to close. So you got to like readjust everything and then close the door. I'm like, you know what? Like, you want touch crap, touch crap, but like leave the closet door shut, please. Ooh, yeah. So again, talking about like my old house and my old room, like. I don't know if you were ever there or not, but, like, there would be times, like, where Cole would rush, like, out. Because, like, he slept on my bed, like, a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but he would, like, like, no one would be in my room, by the way. We'd be, like, all out in the living room. And, like, all of a sudden, he would just dart out of my room. And, like, you could see his fur standing up, like, down his back. And, yeah. like, he would just sit there and growl and bark at my bedroom. Right. And there's, to me, at least... There's nothing scarier than an animal freaking out. Yeah. And you can't see why. Yeah. And, like, I mean, he was serious. Like, he was not having whatever it was. And I'm like, what is it? And then, because, like, there was even one time, because, like, an Uncle Ron, like, he's not, like, really big into paranormal stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because you just know how Uncle Ron is. But, um... There was one time that he was even staying at my dad's house. And I think I already, I think, I don't know if this was like right as I was like turning 18 or not. I forget. Or if I already moved out. Um, But he was staying there. And um, I think it was only him and grandma in the house. Because like my dad was at work. But anyways, grandma was in her room. He was laying on the couch. And the same thing, like I was saying earlier about, like, Cole darting out of my room. And here, he Cole did the same thing when he was there, too. And he's just like, what are you barking at, dude? And, yeah, there's just something in my room. And I don't know what it is. Like, it's and, unsettling. Yeah, because I don't know if it has something to do with the land or the previous people that owned this house. I, I don't know. Because, like I said, it, this thing was, like, there since I was, like, 13 or something. And because it really didn't start appearing until probably, like, two years after we got cold. Not that there's anything wrong with cold. Um, <laughs> but, like, that's, like, when this stuff really started happening, I feel like. Like, it's it's after we moved in. You know what I mean? Like. Right two three years after we moved in it's gonna be the land i think it is because i mean 
grandma bought that place and had it moved yeah. there. Yeah, so exactly. it's definitely got to be the land. Yeah. And we don't know what that land had on it before because we literally cut all those trees down. It was right. really like a small forest. Uh, it's just so creepy. Because, you know, like, like how I was saying earlier, I was like, maybe things just follow me. But the thing is, it hasn't followed me. So I know it just has something to do with that land. Mm-hmm. It has to. Yeah. It's creepy. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well I think that's going to do that for this episode. I'm going to guess we've got about an hour and a half worth of yeah, worth of uh recording. So, nice chonky episode. <laughs> <laughs> um next week will be I'm not really sure what we're talking about next week. I haven't <laughs> situated that. All I know is, is I'm hosting and you two are going to be on. So yeah, that's going to be this for this episode. Uh, next week, I'm going to try to get all three of us on one recording. It would be really nice if we could. Yeah. Guess what's up? <laughs> Peace. Bye.